Hello and welcome to another edition of Acts of the Blood God. That's right. Eric's back. The the host chair has been forever taken. Cat Bailey ne- will never return from sea. Cat <laughs> uh, is out taking sailing lessons, is my understanding right now. <laughs> so uh, I am back in the host seat. And joining me, as always, is my uh, lovely co-host, Nadia Oxford. Nadia, how you doing? Uh, you say, like, as always, but I wasn't here last week. I uh, was recovering from my booster shot, so... No, you're I, here I because you you're in spirit. You're in well, spirit. I'm always here in spirit. Yeah. You made Kat say Vor last week. That is, you were on the <laughs> podcast in spirit. <laughs> I wanted to know if she would do that. Did she say, she said Bowser Vor, correct? Yeah. Well, she still, she said voted by accident and I was cracking up. I was like, that's not what that word is, Kat. <laughs> um, <laughs> she so, was probably like, you. what does that mean? Yeah, no, we had a whole thing about uh, don't Google that, kids. So uh, we're, we we went strong into that podcast. That should be a new segment. Don't Google that, kids. Joining us this week, we have two wonderful guests uh, to help us talk about Elden Ring and many other things. Uh, first up, Jesse Patelli, Prima Games, got you on the show finally. How you Hi. doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I uh, I appreciate being here. Excited to talk some Elden Ring and whatever else we get up to. And also joining us is Isla Hink from Easy Allies. How you doing? Good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you too. Good to have both of you. Yeah. How do we all feel Elden Ring wise? Are we are we all sad that we're not playing Elden Ring right now? Should we just stop the podcast? And I, go I'd play rather Elden be playing Ring? Elden Ring right now. Yeah. To be honest with you, let's let's wrap this up, okay? Okay, okay, okay. good, so good let's, show, everyone. Thanks. Um, we're running out of time. We <laughs> got Elden Ring. We're running out of time. <laughs> I loved it. Four, four oh, person. Let's play. Let's go. <laughs> we will talk about Elden Ring. Do not worry. We are here not to do a spoiler cast. Do not worry for those of you who are just picking it up either tonight, listening live in the Stars of Destiny chat, or those who are listening on Monday. This is not a spoiler chat. This is not a review chat. We're mostly going to be talking early hours, critical consensus, but we do have folks here who have varying amounts of playtime in the game to kind of discuss where it's at, what it's doing, what it is, and why everyone is so goo goo gaga head over heels for it. So we will we will get there. But first, we got some housekeeping to do. Charlayan Dropouts aired this week, and I was on it. I got grilled about being a newbie in Final Fantasy XIV by you the wonderful sure Dropouts. Uh, we tier listed Scions. <laughs> we talked about the live letter, and we talked about the timeline of Final Fantasy XIV, which I did not know was so contentious. <laughs> there were thoughts voiced yes, opinions there, there raised were. i honestly don't know a thing about final fantasy's uh, 14th timeline and i'm good with that i know that there was before the apocalypse and there was after the apocalypse and i'm good i still don't know anything about it and and i listened to that entire <laughs> monologue so uh i'm i'm not any better off but i am uh, enjoying the 14 time. If you're enjoying the 14 time too, you should head over and back us at the level that will get you into Charlene dropouts. Uh, our Pantheon vote is also live. So we are currently working on recording our Pantheon for this month, which is Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, that is imminent. The recording for that is imminent. But our vote for March is live. And this month we picked comfort food RPGs, ones that remind us of happy good times fond memories nostalgia so cat of course took the opportunity took the swing went for valkyrie profile can't blame her 
you know, it's <laughs> uh cat has been waiting for this moment. So uh, who, who knows? Maybe this was all orchestrated by her. <laughs> this was a, uh, a vote where we just kind of not just comfort food games, but comfort food games that were really dear to us. So as I said on the right, because I did the poll for this week. So I mm-hmm. said, so whoever, whoever like gets picked, two schmucks are getting their hearts broken. So, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm okay with that. I think Valkyrie Chronicles, Valkyrie Chronicles, sorry. Valkyrie Profile is, I think, the clear no way winner in this one. It came close to 10 I, sometimes. Final Fantasy X did a lot better it than did. I thought it was going to. I, that was fun fact for the podcast. That was not my first choice. Uh, originally, I think our plan was to do PlayStation 1 RPGs and I had put right. Xenogears in. And then That's I mentioned right. something, I mentioned something about like, you and you and Kat were picking very like comforting RPGs. And I was like, oh, I've never really played Xenogears. I just picked it because I'd like to play Xenogears. And y'all were like, well, why don't you pick one that is a comfort food RPG for you? I was like, it's Final Fantasy X. And I was just mm-hmm. like, I'll throw it in. Maybe you'll do all right. And then all of a sudden it's in second place and keeping up with profile. And I was like, all right, cool, whatever. <laughs> sure. Ten sickos rise up. Let's go. Uh, just wait until I throw 10-2 into the mix. <laughs> oh, I love Ten Two. Ten Two so good. It's so. Rid- I was just on Choco Bowl with Teddy Deef and those guys, and they were mm-hmm. playing all all Super Bowl weekend Ten Two. And I was like, because re- it came out right after I graduated high school, and I was just like, ah. oh man, this was some formative, like a game with mostly girls about dresses and fighting. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. mm, this had an impact on me for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's. It's one that I think tonally is so different from 90% of other RPGs in a way that just makes it feel like a breath of fresh air. Even was it 20 years later now? Yeah. Uh, we're we're it's playing a deeply it from... stupid, game, but, in like the best <laughs> way. But, but in a good way. I love the yeah. we're playing it for Normandy FM right now. And there's the scene where Yuna has just watched the sphere grid movie of who she thinks is, is Titus and, and, looking for this other woman named Len and Yuna's on this whole quest to find Titus and there's like world ending catastrophe you know hanging in the balance and she's just sitting there all moody at a pop concert that her friend is putting on she's like who the hell is Len who is this girl (laughs) it's so good Oh, no, like there's just some other girl and Titus is out chasing after this other girl while Yuna's busting oh. her butt to find save Titus. And it's so good. That's that's such a good human like motivation for a character that isn't just like, I've got to save the world. It's no, it's my my boyfriend's chasing after some random girl while I'm out trying to save his butt. Like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> good, good RPG stuff. Beware the slime says that uh, FF102 is like a 14-year-old fanfic 14-year-old fanfic come to life and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it a, absolutely is. A diary entry with Square Enix production. It's incredible. And then our other two picks are Dragon Quest 3 for Nadia. Uh very comfort food, very relaxing. Good yes, Dragon I Quest. Don't think that's getting picked, but that's fine because I think we're all going to be playing Dragon Quest 3 when the uh, HD 2D, 2D HD remake finally comes out. Of course. You better be. It'll, it'll roll all. back around. We always find ways to revote things into the Pantheon. And then uh, Grandia was kind of the blanket choice. That just feels <laughs> yes. like the grilled cheese and tomato soup of RPGs to it me. It really does. That is just a chill RPG if there ever was one. So, Did you ever play Suikoden back in the day? Oh, I was just, Suikoden. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was yeah. just thinking about that because I actually had the Prima guides for one and two. And I was like, 
I was like looking at pictures of them just now, and I was like, I remember these. Like, oh my god! I had nothing to do with those, but I'll take I'm credit sure. for them anyway. <laughs> we were both children at the time, but I love those games. Jesse, do you have a, a comfort food RPG? Do you have something that you go back to? Oh, something that I go back to. Um, I think my boring answer is Oblivion. That's just a ah, game that I love to go back to. Oblivion's a good game. Um, it is a good game to go back to. Yeah, I, I think of all the Elder Scrolls, that's my favorite. But I think, like, if I really think about it, like Final Fantasy X is that game. Mm. Like, I'm a, I'm a ten sicko. That's just <laughs> who I am. You're you're here to get um, brownie points. That's okay. It was my first I, Final Fantasy. That was that was uh, that was my entry. Mm-hmm. Wow, really? Yeah. Seven, I guess, was mine, and then Tactics. Mm. Mine was the first one, and boy, did I hate it. <laughs> I was gonna say, starting there. Ooh. Yeah. Hey, nowhere uh, to go but up. It's all good. No, I, I, I went from one to six, basically. So there you go. Oh, okay. Yeah. A friend of mine, speaking of Final Fantasy X, a friend of mine and I put two TVs next to each other and then played through all of X and X2 next to each other at the same time. Oh, my time. God. Oh, my God. So pounding, yeah, we were pounding what, for some reason, was a thing that existed just for like that summer was Capri Sun and Metal Bottles. And we were just sitting for straight days. I don't know. I never like Capri we were just Sun sitting there for boys? straight days drinking Capri Sun Tall Boys, and the, we would just throw them behind ourselves. So anytime anyone would get up to go to the bathroom, you would just hear like clinking metal of all these Capri Sun <laughs> So depraved. Those those are the fond memories we wish to rekindle with this pantheon. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say, time, as soon as this podcast is over, I'm not going to go play Elden Ring. I'm going to go hunt down Metal Bottle Capri Sun. Like, that is my new Friday <laughs> oh night God. activity. Big like Capri Sun evolves into Metal Big Capri Sun. <laughs> Someone else will have to talk for me in Canada because I did not grow up with Capri Sun. And I don't know if we just didn't have it or if my dad more likely was, did not buy it because it was probably never on sale. I feel like you did and didn't miss out on any. They're like really good and terrible all at once. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're bad for you, but they taste amazing. So it yeah. was all about the the straw and just stabbing it into the pouch. That mm-hmm. was like the whole. That was the be all and end all of that thing. If you, you had, had a good stab, it. yeah, that's what those. They look like Coors Light bottles. The the like aluminum Coors Light bottles. You hey can kids, yeah. <laughs> do you want it to be like mom and dad? Excellent. <laughs> I love. Maybe this. that was the angle. Maybe. Oh god. An adult beverage. Yeah. Kids have been wanting to get wasted forever, but they can't because they're kids. So here are Capri Suns that look like they could get I you wasted. Hard Capri Sun. That would be good for uh, what you do is you drink about half of that and you mix some vodka in there, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that'd be really banging. That actually would be good. And I drink that. Capri Sun is like acidic enough. It would. It would. Mm-hmm. It would be good. Mm-hmm. It's like when you go yeah. to the Sonic and you get the Root 44 drink and you drink a little bit out of it. And you, we're, we're teaching you how to drink on this podcast, I <laughs> hey, guess. Kids, no. <laughs> but how to drink cheap and nasty. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way to drink. Bad decisions, the podcast. Oh, no. Okay, we are also playtesting a new format this week. Do not worry too much, folks at home. It is all the same segments that you know and love, including the pit slash nook, but we are rearranging the order of them to try and see if we can figure uh, a more natural way through all of this. And so with that, we're going to get right into what we're playing this week. Uh, And for me personally, I don't have too much to talk about this week that isn't 
something we're already going to talk about. Uh, Elden Ring obviously is a big one, uh, but I did try starting Horizon Forbidden West, and I promptly stopped playing Horizon Forbidden West. Same, dude. Same. Uh, I didn't even pick it up. It's. I feel like I paid this. This is going to be really mean. And see, Cat was was kind of toeing the line last week, but I'm here to deliver the hammer. Uh, I feel like I paid a lot of money for a tech demo that I'm not ever going to really like play more than a couple hours of because it is gorgeous. It's absolutely like one of the prettiest games I've ever seen. Possibly too gorgeous because at times it is really hard to make things out in the environment. And that kind of made me go, Oh, this is probably why detective vision is such a thing these days is you need it to see things in the environment because it's so lush and, and colorful and populated. But uh, I played it, and the more I played it, the more I just kept feeling like this is the open world game I have played before. I've played this game. If anything, it feels like the culmination of many of these games. It's it's got bits of Tomb Raider. It's got bits of Uncharted. It's got bits of Assassin's Creed. Basically, anything you can think of, there are bits of it in here. And if you want like the complete package game, that's going to really give you something to play something to enjoy content wise. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's there. It's good, but I don't know. My, my time is limited these days. I don't know if I'm going to go back to it anytime soon. So that's my horizon take. I spent a lot of money to spend very little time on it. <laughs> that's a, that's a very expensive take, Eric. I decided I'm not even going to bother buying it because I knew I'm probably going to sink my time into Elden Ring. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I find that I just, it's not like I hate Sony's first party games by any means. I think they're perfectly fine, but there's a certain plastic sheen to them that I just mm. turns me off sometimes. Like you mentioned the, the, how beautiful the world and horizons are, uh, for, Bidden Dawn is and it is but I don't know maybe a little too overproduced like it's that real Sony we want to be prestige yeah, yeah so by contrast I'm sure we'll get into this it's like Elden Ring there's nothing on the map there's nothing on the screen it's just you go here we're not giving you any here's a vague marker that's all you're getting and that's all you need and that's what I love out of my open world games is that clear mm-hmm. screen if you don't need to tell me about it don't tell me about it or give me the option somewhere over here to press a button to tell me about it. I don't want mm-hmm. it. I don't want like a bunch of icons on my screen. And I think it's a testament to their design because I mean, I think we'll probably get into this, but Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring are very similar because they uh, encourage your curiosity just with the environments and the, yes. the way the world is. And you don't mm-hmm. want or need a bunch of icons. Like I, I similarly, you kind of have already said what I would say about horizon, but um, we got codes for it. So I didn't have to pay for it, thankfully. But uh, yeah, I played it for like 20 minutes and I was like, this isn't for me. Like (laughs) it's not bad. It's not, it's kind of like you said, the culmination of mainstream open world stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, that's not bad. It's just not what I'm looking for. Like we've got guys over here who love it. Like Brandon, the guy who, reviewed it like thought it was incredible you know mm. and it's like yeah it's fine like it's just not my cup of tea i but might grab it on sale so right. you know yeah and i played the first one for like three or four hours and uh yeah kind of bounced off it so mm-hmm. yeah same 
it is it is a thing filled with things and i think oddly enough when we talk about elden ring we'll get into some of the reasons why elden ring despite being honestly not too dissimilar in terms of having a giant world that you can explore and do things in and different quests that you can do just by the way it presents it and the friction it puts in there really just makes it feel different but uh before we get there nadia you got anything that you played this week you want to offer up as a sacrifice to the blood god Yes, actually, I have been playing, besides Elden Ring, which I just got, uh, the Pixel Remaster of Final Fantasy VI. Ooh, and how is honestly, that going? It's going better than I thought it would. I know it got some flack for certain things, like they did some things, some preview tweets that maybe didn't, didn't really put the game in the best light for, I don't know mm. why they did that. But overall, like it, it's still not perfect, but the, the remixes, if nothing else, for the music are just incredible. Like they mm-hmm. really so put a lot of work into the music and you can tell they put a lot of work into the, the sprites as well. Everyone kind of, you know, rightfully so latches on to how terrible the fonts are and they are. And frankly, I still hate playing on the iPad versus like, Hey, put it on the switch, put it on any console for God's sakes, please do it. But it's still a good, good adaptation of a, just a fantastic game. It's hard to really, really screw up final fantasy six, unless you're that horrible <laughs> version they did like back in the, uh, the tens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I honestly think like if you do not have if you have not played Final Fantasy VI, this is not a this is a perfectly fine way to play it. It is missing the uh bonus stuff that came with Final Fantasy VI Advance, and to this day, I don't know why Square excluded that stuff. Not a huge deal in the case of Final Fantasy VI. I don't find the extra content was overwhelmingly cool. Not the way mm. not like the way it was in four when again the the eliminating the content from four pixel remastered made no sense to me because that bonus content tied into final fantasy 14 to this day why i did why they did that i don't know but yeah that's uh it's a, it's a good adaptation and like i said a really fantastic soundtrack i i don't have too many complaints and it's really fun to go back to a uh, a classic they put vocals on the opera chat is saying yeah i haven't seen it yet though oh i, I, I wonder how that opera. is yeah, that could go really well. Oh, that could also go. <laughs> I not have well. seen a live <laughs> version of the opera from Final Fantasy VI. I was at Distant Worlds. I don't remember if it was at Oticon or if we just saw it separately with my friends in Baltimore. But yeah, it was it was actually really great. We had a great time. Oh man, seven languages! Wow, that sounds yeah. great. The one weird thing about it, I don't know if this is something that they have since fixed or not, but I saw this going around when they first became publicly available was that the opening where it rolls the credits over the mechs walking in the snow. (laughs) Apparently the credits aren't there anymore. It's just mechs walking in the snow for like two minutes. Uh, Yeah. The credits are not there for some reason. So uh, I don't know why that's one of the really weird choice has. (laughs) Can you imagine that you like go back to an old movie (laughs) and you take out the, like the opening credits roll and it's just like, people running across landscapes for two minutes you're just kind of like cool okay so like i would think it's it was bugged yeah this is bugged yeah i don't know why they excluded that i wonder if it was a font thing i wonder if it had to do with the way they they typeset the font in the new pixel remasters because that's the big stink that everybody has and and like there's already mods and stuff to my understanding to put old style fonts back in but that does really just make me look at things like that and then look at other HD 2D stuff they're doing like Live Alive and Live Front Alive, Mission. but not and, FF6. I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's the weird part is like this seems like a very serviceable way to play Final Fantasy VI. I'm sure people who are getting the Steam Deck especially are very excited about having this option because you can't play six on the switch for some other godforsaken reason. But, uh, it, it seems like it's providing a necessary service instead of like a quality service. You know, they're, they're, they're doing the thing they need to do to put the game out and have people be able to play it. Not necessarily to like give it that really pristine treatment, give it that, that prestige. But it's still and, a and good treatment. Like it's not HD 2D, unfortunately, but it's still like you can look at these pixels and the effects and the music and say, okay, this is mm-hmm. a lot of effort behind it, especially as someone who is a complete okay. FF6 nerd and knows every twist and turn and gesture that these characters can make. And I'm still quite impressed with some of the work they put into this. Sometimes there's something baffling, like the credits. I don't know what's with mm-hmm. that. There's got to mm-hmm. be a reason, but God knows it. Square knows it. I don't. I feel like it's the trickiest line to walk in terms of how much of these games do you remake versus how much do you keep as close to the original as possible? Because even the thing that I think you were referencing early on about uh, they they had the suplexing the train, but it didn't yeah, flip it didn't go upside in down. the air like it's supposed to. It's supposed to go upside down. Oh. And like that's something that people immediately honed in on because they know that scene because everyone exactly. who loves FF6 knows every pixel of that game and will notice that when it's different. So how much do you remake versus how much do you try and do something different, try and do something new? How much do you take the f- credits out of the opening role? <laughs> At least they flipped the, the train back upside down. And yeah, there was yeah. some they fixed out, the- right? Yeah, they did say that it should be fixed by now. They said it was going to be fixed by launch. So yeah. um, the train does flip. That's the important part is otherwise it's just not suplexing a train properly. And I saw other people talking about the running animations were looking a little, yeah, they, a little weird. Yeah. There was like, like, like only one something. arm was moving. <laughs> yeah, That's something fine weird on the like screen. that. I don't know why that okay. looked like yeah. the way it did, but it's, it's fine from what I can see. You know, I when I run, I only use one arm too. So me too. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I keep one arm behind me. I am Astar Robot. <laughs> Do we have anything else that that y'all have been playing that you want to talk about? Do we just want to launch it into into more more news and and um, topics? I checked out the Triangle Strategy demo, and I thought oh, that yeah. was pretty okay. cool. A lot of talking, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm hopeful that once you get it's like FFT. Once you get past the set up and you understand who the warring factions are then you just do more fighting um mm-hmm. i also jumped into lost ark i'm not a big mmo person but everyone oh. was like it's so good and i jumped in and i was like oh, what i should just be playing 14 <laughs> if i'm going to be doing this like i had the same reaction i was like <laughs> i looked at lost ark and i was like there's so many icons on the screen there's right. so much going on i don't want this i think i'm and okay the- the writing was like kind of a, amazingly bad or like mm, really? not bad, oh. but just like stilted oh. and kind of <laughs> okay. <laughs> like I, I guess I just expected from all the hype that it was going to be like different from an MM, like most MMOs I was familiar with, you know, and the combat was cool. I really enjoyed that. But like, I was kind of just like, uh, <laughs> this is just an MMO. So I, I bailed <laughs> Do you on play it. 14 already? Cause I already gave my soul to 14 so i'm not going to lost dark no i am um, i i did what another friend of mine did and i got i got to heaven's ward and then bounced which is funny because i guess that's where it starts getting good but um i've got 
one of our one of my guys Damiani and like one of my friends they've like beaten everything and like love everything and are like super intense like 14 genius masters so yeah <laughs> i'm aware of 14 yes I'm, i love that i'm aware of 14 that's good enough <laughs> jesse fun fact is one of the sickos that that broke the seal on me getting into 14 was, oh, was my guy oh, yeah nice so Everyone has all someone of to blame. you in chat can thank Jesse for, for this happening. I found myself with a lot of free time in December, so I ended up pushing through like a ton of 14 content, and I was telling Eric all about it without spoiling anything, and Eric was finally like, all right, maybe I'll give this a try, and here we are. In our Game yes, of the Year discussions, I was like, whoa, I want to mm-hmm. experience some of this stuff. It's I just, yeah, I don't have the time, sadly. Yeah, it is a time sink, for sure. I will say Heaven's Word I felt was very respectful of my time in a way that Realm Reborn maybe wasn't always. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a Realm Reborn defender, but I do think that while it does do what it, what it does to like ramp up the story well and, and build to that point, heaven's word at that point, they have established everything they need to establish and it doesn't take them long to get you into Ishgard and adapted to what's going on. And it kind of just starts laying on the gas right away. Cool. Uh, so it's it was very breezy compared to Realm Reborn. I think I, I got through Heaven's Word in maybe like two weeks or something like that. And that was so summer game right there. That's what yeah. I say. There you go. Yeah. Forget, the, forget the summer game fest. It's all about Final <laughs> Fantasy summer game. But fest. summer game fest is E3 now. Oh, it's all one. It's all merging. Is, what What is E3 now? <laughs> summer game summer game fest. fest. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> E- E3 is something we poke every year and we're like, you gonna do anything? No. Hey, are you dead? Okay. Are you dead? <laughs> yeah. Sanja, are you dead? No mind. Well, now that we've moved on from what we're playing, let's take time for a series of random encounters in the news before we get to our main topics. First up, Fallout New Vegas 2 is in quote-unquote early talks at Obsidian slash Microsoft. This was from Jeff Grubb uh, doing his show over at uh, Grub Snacks on Giant Bomb. And I want to be clear, because he was very clear when he was talking about this, that it was very much these things have been said in a sentence together, and that's about (laughs) it. This is not, it's not like a team is forming. It's not like we're going to hear about it at E3 this year. It's very much like people at Microsoft have had the same thought that many other people have had since the acquisition of Bethesda happened that, oh, hey, they got Fallout over here and they got obsidian over here it's the, it's the reese's the peanut butter and the chocolate you know mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like wait a minute what if we put them together so considering how much obsidian is working on right now between avowed grounded um the third thing that i always forget uh what's the third obsidian thing come on outer worlds 2 there we go oh, i got yeah, there right, right. um they've got a lot of projects right now and and grub was very insistent that this is very early um yeah very like like basically the idea has been floated. I do think it makes sense that in terms of when is Bethesda ever going to make another fallout when they're working on Starfield now and Elder Scrolls after this, like their next game would be ages away. 
So if they were looking for a way to not have Fallout be dormant for 15 years, that would be a way to do it. The mobile Octopath Traveler prequel arrives this summer in North America. For all the Octopath Traveler sickos out there, you finally get your prequel story that you've been waiting on. Uh, Activision is reportedly skipping a year on Call of Duty, according to Jason Schreier over at Bloomberg. That makes sense to me. Yes. It's about time they did that. <laughs> yeah, probably a good idea. First time in 14 years, 13 years. Wow. Something like that. They're, they've they've been the number one game of every NPD for like 13 straight years. Mm-hmm. So them taking a break will be suddenly Battlefield's going like, oh, we should have waited a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the true sickos out there, Near Automata is getting an anime adaptation. Ooh. This we do not know what studio is on it yet, <laughs> but God, the second I saw, I like heard the music kicking up and saw the the anime portrait of Two B. I was like, "Yeah, I'll watch it." <laughs> I'm I'm a mark. Even if Yokotaro isn't on it, I can't wait to see his takes on it. Just, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. yeah, Yokotaro reacts to near yes. near. Anime. I would watch that. I'd, I'd watch, watch that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Great, just him with his, his mask on, with his teeth yeah, his, his, his yeah. fingers. Yo, Yoko his Taro, well. not like nodding whenever Two B is like on screen, just like, yeah, I approve. Good quality. Good quality uh, Yoko Taro's people reach out to our people. We'll make this happen. Spe- Blood God special. <laughs> our people. Uh, Who the hell is our people? <laughs> so can you imagine uh, someone from Japan calling me? You guys, at like three in the morning. What yeah, the hell? Congratulations, Here? Isla and Jesse. You've been recruited. <laughs> <laughs> you need uh, me to talk to Yoko Taro. I'll I'll do it. That's fine. <laughs> I'll figure it out. Bioware confirms that Dragon Age has a pulse. Uh, it is still moving. It is right in the middle of production. But Christian Daly, who took over after Casey Hudson and Mark Darrow left, Bioware is departing the company. They have some folks moving around up into higher spots there. Uh, and they also confirmed that Mass Effect is still in production. And obviously, uh, the Old Republic is still going. Congratulations to Star Wars, the Old Republic, that, that little MMO that could. Uh, but yeah, Dragon Age still a thing, still probably very far away. Uh, God hoping we'll get that one. There's day. some. It's something for you to dream about, Eric. Mm-hmm. Those cold winter nights that are coming. <laughs> this <is> cold winter <laughs> years. Uh, the 14 free trial is back. The server congestion has slowed back down. So, Cat Bailey, it's time to start playing. <laughs> We're going to get you in now. And uh, Gabe Newell, this came in today as Steam Deck reviews and and uh, articles were starting to roll out. Gabe Newell confirmed to be a Final Fantasy fourteen sicko. Uh, <laughs> I'm pulling this up from a, I believe this is PC Games N, but it's coming from a an IGN interview. And he was talking about the metaverse. And I'm scrolling to find this real quick because this is not loading in the way I wanted to. I'm having well, a really I can, bad like, here. Summarize. He's basically saying anyone who talks about the metaverse and, oh, you can have these avatars, blah, 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 has no idea what they're talking about because he said, quote, you go into Limsa Lominsa, which is the RP town for Final <laughs> Fantasy fourteen, and you see everybody's glams. Yeah, PC Gamer, he was talking to them and they asked him about the metaverse. And he, quote, said, there's a bunch of get rich quick schemes around metaverse. Most of the people who are talking about Metaverse have absolutely no idea what they're talking about, and they've apparently never played an MMO. They're like, oh, you'll have this customizable avatar, and it's like, well, 
go into La Noskea in Final Fantasy 14 and tell me that that isn't a solved problem from a decade ago, not some fabulous thing that you're inventing. Uh, <laughs> and gave big respect for both dunking on Metaverse Bros and referencing Limza. That was in, good. That was a good one interview. too much. I never expected from, uh, but I mean, not even Final Fantasy fourteen. God, like the furries had to figure it out with Second Life back in the aughts. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. We got this, yeah. this metaverse stuff. Second it's Life like, VR. Welcome chat. to the internet. How you doing? Don't Google Bowser Vore. That's the thing with 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 metaverse stuff that I'm so confused about. I'm like, we. It's we did just this. like crypto. It's like you're solving a problem that's already been solved. Like. 15 years ago like problems that need to be solved please solve them right like i was perving <laughs> out in second life as a 15 year old like give me a of break course. The, you had the, the wings you could buy and stuff like that right the the depressing part of this is the problem they're trying to solve is not creating the metaverse it's creating a metaverse that can be fully commodified and well, bought right. and sold and that's really all it is at the end of the day Coming and that's also a reason why for anyone to be interested in this like metaverse mm-hmm. shtick in the first place when yeah. can I buy my Steam Deck? It's, yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of tech bros who are who don't understand value in something if they can't like attach a price tag to it. But again, mm. Final Fantasy fourteen already fixed this. Have you seen mm. trying to buy a house in Final Fantasy fourteen? Uh, exactly, Mary and Joseph. Forget it. Exactly, <laughs> it's a nightmare. It's not happening. <laughs> Final Fantasy fourteen housing was the true crypto. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. The NFTs were there the whole time. Yeah. They're going to uh, open up more housing. It's going to be it's going to be a whole thing. Wait until there's houses ready. on like the moon or whatever. You know, it's it's Ishgard housing right now, right? That's the new. That's the uh, new Ishgard, yeah, but I want on the moon. Yeah, just wait yeah. until moon housing opens up. That's going to be incredible. I can't wait for that land rush. <laughs> uh, let's get on to the main topic of today, which is that Elden Ring is out. And boy, howdy, are the critics going wild. Woo! Uh, tens everywhere 10 out of tens everywhere they'd give 11s if they could i'm just kidding <laughs> uh we gave it, it a is, nine five so did i is, look at the we got two nine fives we've got conscientious uh, uh not objectors dissenters we've got dissenting opinions <laughs> in here i mean you try to have Brad opinions. wanted to give it a 10 but it had some repeated bosses and whatever i mean i don't know his reasoning but you know the the PC performance. I will say, from what I've played so far, would also make me give that pause. Came about, yeah, that came about yeah. after we were done with the review, so he didn't mm-hmm. know about that. But yeah, the uh, PS5 performance is problematic to say the least. Uh, but I mean, I'm someone who puts up with Pokemon Arceus without a problem. So, but still, I have to mention <laughs> the pop in is pretty bad. <laughs> Again, yeah. are you playing in performance mode or the whatever the other one's called? Um, I'm not sure to be honest. I'm playing to prioritize frame rate. But I'm okay. still getting some frame drops. Huh. Mm-hmm. I haven't noticed much. Just going up to Stormvale when it was super windy. but It's not too, too bad, for sure. Uh, again, yeah. Pokemon Arceus is way worse. But it's uh, <laughs> uh, it's FromSoft. What are you going to do? Oh, right. Yeah. I'm going to lead off here. I'm going to read off a few quotes from some selected reviews. Uh, we've got Washington Post Gene Park writing Elden Ring is a game about discovering and pushing the limits of possibility. It dares you over and over to keep pushing, making this unlike any other adventure I've experienced. Uh, Waypoints Renata Price writes 25 hours in. I still have no idea what I'll see next. It's a testament to Elden Ring that I'm so excited at the possibilities that remain. But it's also a problem that after all this time, I feel like it needs to show me more than it has so far. And GameSpot's Samor Hussein, friend of the show, 
writes, Elden Ring takes the shards of what came before and forges them into something that will go down in history as one of the all-time greats, a triumph in design and creativity, and an open-world game that distinguishes itself for what it doesn't do as much as what it does. So we do have some interesting takes, some varying opinions, I, I would say, uh, but largely, this game seems extremely well-received. And so this is where I now pose it to y'all because I have spent about five hours with this game yeah, so same. far. Uh, but we have Jesse here who you have fully reviewed this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Isla, you've put in a pretty decent number of hours too between release and then previews and the network test as well. Yeah, I was in the network test and then I d- got to do a seven hour preview and then I started it last night on my birthday it came out and i played it oh, happy belated birthday yeah and happy then i birthday. played it today hey, until i started birthday. getting a migraine and <laughs> 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 but yeah so a lot but i haven't beaten it yet obviously <laughs> so we'll, we'll go around the room then starting with jesse what are your thoughts on elden ring and i guess specifically why do you feel it's it's garnering so much critical acclaim it's it's interesting because I like I'm one of the first people to tell you I'm not a huge from software fan. Like I've played their games, I consider myself a casual fan. Like I'm not somebody who you know plays these games multiple times or even finishes most of them. But you know we got code in for Elden Ring and uh, I started playing it and I immediately was like, okay, I get what this thing is now. It is an open world that does not want you in it. It, it doesn't want you there. Every time you go around <laughs> any corner you're going to get murdered. Everything <laughs> in that world is out to kill you. And so it is this like, you're always on guard and always stressed out. Even in the moments where it's like, there's like a moment of respite. Like I'm still on edge. <laughs> like it, yeah. it, it has this, it's like, you know, you, you fight a from soft boss and like you're tense and it's, it's a moment, it's pattern recognition. It's all these things. But now they've created a world where you always are in that mode. You're always in that fight or flight sort of like, okay, I'm looking at this thing. I'm sizing it up. Like, can I do this? Am I going to really be stubborn and just kind of hit my head against the wall? Or am I just going to pick a direction and go a different way? And sometimes that leads you on a 10 hour excursion through 40 different locations, a tunnel, a tower, runes, like sometimes a dragon flies and lands on a camp and you're like, all right, I got to deal with this now. (laughs) Uh, And so it's a lot of those like, emergent narrative sort of like your own little stories as you kind of make your way across this map uh and it's really it's really neat it's a really cool game Isla, how do you feel about it so far um much the same i i come from a different uh like i fell in love with FromSoft at dark souls and then it ruined all video games for me forever because mm-hmm. i played it mm-hmm. for a minute and i was like oh every other game is worse than this for me like <laughs> not not like in fact but it's just like this is the this is what i've wanted games to be and now Mm. they're they're that and like bloodborne for me was the pinnacle of that until probably now because this one combines the the best parts of all the previous ones and then expands on it in a way that frankly i was kind of nervous um going in uh just when they announced it, I was like, ooh, okay. Because one of the best things about FromSoft is how intricate and meticulous the worlds have been and how, like, that aha moment when you realize, like, I've been above Firelink Shrine this whole time. Like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's so cool. I didn't know where I was, and here I am, you know? Like, that kind of stuff. Right. 
And this one is filled with that on a scale that is like, like awe inspiring. I, I don't like, also they, they use that to like troll you because there's an early area thing where you can get basically like punked and it like teleports you somewhere that's way too hard for you. This happened to me today. This happened to me literally this morning. Right. And it's like you, uh, I did it. It happened to me in the preview. So I knew it was going to happen. And so I, I did it on purpose this time, but like, it's so funny because like you are, you know, level 18 or whatever, like early on. And then you get teleported to a place that like, anybody could just smoke you in a second you're just like oh okay (laughs) like but it's it's clever because it introduces that like the sense of danger and like that anything could happen and also like that this game goes places like without saying Uh anything about that new area it is weird and different and so something that i think you see in like halo infinite for example where it makes sense because zeta halo is like one place and like why would they build a cold area onto this ring or what you know like whatever it like mm-hmm. gets kind of samey mm-hmm. this like alleviates that pretty quickly where you're like oh okay even this like little field is different than this little forest even though they're still both mm-hmm. in Limgrave. um and then you get the dungeons that feel like old from soft games except with jumping and like rooftops and finding weird secrets and if you miss one turn you might not even know that where you are is is a shortcut behind the other way that was really hard to do you know and mm-hmm. i don't know everything about it is just really exciting for a big fan of from soft <laughs> yeah i don't know and the horse is great oh the horse is great yeah yeah nadia you're a few hours in how are you feeling about it coming off of bloodborne yeah that's the thing uh Isla brought up a good point about uh how the game does combine a lot from Bloodborne, a lot from Dark Souls, because I've noticed it's, you know, in between you play defensively like you do in Dark Souls and you play offensively like you do in Bloodborne. And I definitely feel like it plays more, a little bit more like Bloodborne than it does Dark Souls. And mm-hmm. um, so far I'm really enjoying it. Just like I mentioned earlier, the the sort of the sparseness of the map. And I think that's really important because you were talking, Eric, about landmarks. And mm-hmm. hey, you're out in this world. Holy crap, there's a, a big F-off tree over there. Why don't we go see what that's all about? Oh, there's another tree like it over here. And at the same time, it has a sort of old school vibe to it in that the oldest of the old advice is if you cross a bridge in Dragon Quest, if you are not ready, you'll get your ass kicked. And that is definitely a thing here where I'm like, hey, I can take over. I can take down these these schmucks with like no armor, no problem. Hey, I bet I can poke this guy who's like fully armored. Nope. <laughs> I uh, I mean, heck, I think a lot of us in the beginning died to the, what was it, like the tree guardian? The the tree. Oh, the I, I avoided that dude. Yeah, that guy's tough. I ran right up to him with two swords and was like, I got this. And I got smoked like immediately. <laughs> dude, the bears up into the air. They're in the trailer, so it, I feel okay t- saying it. But like the bears are terrifying. Yes. Oh, like, big bears. Yeah. Oh, God. They chase you down and there's like six of them at a time. And it's mm-hmm. just like wild. And they're, they're just bears. <laughs> they're huge. They are, their shoulders are yeah. like... 
these and bears like they'll be like craw- walking around and one of them's like scratching a tree and it's just like oh this is so cool a tree. oh god it's coming to kill me god, brock lesnar bear coming at me a brock lesnar bear <laughs> soup like city bitch for real though <laughs> uh question for the more experienced amongst us i chose warrior i'm dual wielding blades is that a bad idea why slash why um I play like that. I don't use I play a like shield that. almost ever. So you don't parry? Um, uh, no, not really. I, I okay. do sometimes, but like not really. I mean, I did in Sekiro because you had to, but um, right. I played quick. Uh, I pl- I like to play quick, light weapons, fast weapons. Me too. So like Blade of Mercy is my favorite in, in Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked Prisoner because I also like to balance dex weapons with spells. Um, so like I've been doing the claws and then when yeah. I'm at a range, uh, I ping them with, you know, glintstone pebbles and then I switch mm-hmm. to claws and do jumping attacks cause I have a talisman that enhances my jump attacks. So it's a good opener and you can do a lot of poise damage. Um, I am having some trouble with armored enemies. That's my main Right. Thing. That, that's mm-hmm. what I was going to say is it's not. It's not an easy way to play. Like you're you're mm. not doing yourself any favors. You Didn't have to so. get you have to get creative and and outthink them. You have to think like an assassin instead of a warrior, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So like I definitely find like armored guys, big hardcore guys, I have to like kite them one at a time and like get them down a ladder and ping them with magic and then jump on them when they sit, you know, hit the ground. You have to get really weird, which I yeah. find fun. Um, bosses are, are weird. Like sometimes I'll throw a shield on, on a boss if they're like just trouncing me mm-hmm. or I'll just summon somebody. Cause like, whatever, I'm here to explore, Help. not fight bosses. Like I don't care. Yeah, there is that too. <laughs> so I guess I'll keep my class for now. Cause I, yeah, I do yeah, think I it's fun the to same play. One in FromSoft, like classes you'll find as you go, like the class mm-hmm. isn't real like it's just mm-hmm. it's just a starting point so it's like it's the first in this it's more real than the other ones like in this one like i still haven't found a new shirt and i'm like i just got a great my first great rune you know and i don't have like any armor other than the i mean it's my girlfriend keeps teasing it because it's like half my cleavage is out in the game but like <laughs> she, she's walking armor. around like oh i'm ready for battle and i was like you're distracting me <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know <laughs> it's a weird i bought, game. I so, bought a chainmail shirt so yeah so mm-hmm. like you'll but you can shape your own class like you'll always buy level like whatever 40 or right what, like halfway through the game you'll you'll always have made your own class so it's just it's a, just how you want to start so it's flexible very yeah. yeah you get a chance to respec at one point too yeah. uh, oh, okay, which is good. nice yeah. So if you if you get pretty far and you're like, you know what, I don't think this build is working for me. Like I'm running Dex Faith right now, so I did Profit, and I'm using kind of the spear and then fireballs, which uh, are hilarious, are just so much fun to use. Yeah. Uh, but Pyro I, I do, Faith is so weird. I love it. The dragon stuff seems cool. I really wanted like slay a dragon to get the dragon stuff because I found a place where I can do things with dragon stuff because yeah. I ran around too much in third impact area. But, <laughs> third impact um, area. Yeah. Yeah. That there, there's a place that just looks like the third impact happened there. Uh, Beautiful. And, I love it. Did you go through the cave with the monkeys? 
Oh God, no! Wait, from the soft and monkeys don't Are sound like they go gargoyles? together well. No, there's a, um, it's south. It's first area southwest. There's a if you see in the map, there's an island off to the west. Um, there's a cave that you can go in, oh, no. and you go through that, and it it relates to dragons. I'll just say that. To keep going, don't use the after you beat a little mini boss. Uh, there's like a return to the front uh-huh. like diablo just style thing you know that they do in this which is hilarious keep to me. going keep going past it yeah. and you'll you'll find yourself in a wonderful little place i the way you phrase that makes me think it's not a wonderful place <laughs> it makes me <laughs> oh, think no, this is a bad place it's actually safe <laughs> okay. shockingly but it's, it's cool. a tropical island vacation yeah, yeah. <laughs> filled okay. with uh, Take off your look forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's your Animal Crossing island. They they imported it in. <laughs> the tarantula Finally. island from Animal Crossing. Yeah, it's, yeah it's the FromSoft version of an Animal Crossing island with you know decay and and sadness. scorpions. <laughs> Finally, just like my real Animal Crossing island. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I on on the summons note, I think that's been the biggest gameplay difference for me here compared to you know, your Bloodborns, your, your Dark Souls, is that those did have summons as an option, but summons are really, they feel important in this one because you can summon both NPC units with your your bell that are basically just different, almost monsters that you've tamed. From soft yeah. Pokemon, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's from soft Pokemon. And uh, then you can also summon NPC helpers at different boss areas, and you can summon in players using the different... Uh, mechanics and i do i'm kind of torn on whether i like that they still use the really from soft way of doing online multiplayer because parts of it are just really fun and silly and interesting like walking into an area and all of a sudden the thing pops up at the bottom that's like so and so is invading you right now it's a really good panic moment where you're like oh god oh god okay assess the area look around for threats what's going on (laughs) like Mm -hmm. get into battle mode uh, but then when I'm trying to summon people into my game, it's it's now I'm looking at all these different uh, scrawlings on the floor, trying to be like, okay, is this the one I want? No, is this the one I want? No, okay, who's this one? It's it's stacking up on top of a million different messages that all just say try finger butthole. <laughs> and, uh, There's a lot of that. It's, it's all that's yeah. a classic. <laughs> it's it's a classic. The one. The one I've liked so far that I've seen a lot of is first off, you don't have the right or something like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a real good one. They People will put it in front of doors that you can't access yet. And that feels really fun to try and open a door. And it's like you can't get in. You read the messages like you don't have the right to get in. <laughs> <laughs> you earned it. But yeah, so how do we feel about the open world? We feel it, it works. I mean, obviously, like Breath of the Wild is the obvious comparison, right? I know it's everyone. I saw a lot of people groaning about it, being like, oh, stop comparing everything to Breath of the Wild. But this this it's earns it, I think. Most, yeah. most of the other things that get compared to Breath of the Wild aren't as like Breath of the Wild as this. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said before, like these both reward and are fueled by nothing but your own curiosity. And like right. that to me is is the way I want to play a game. Like I love breath of the wild. It's one of my favorite games. And like, 
I hate listening to someone talk and then a little marker shows up and it's like, walk over here. It's like, okay, well, why did I even listen to you talk then? <laughs> like, <laughs> what was the point of that? Why did you waste my time? Right, exactly. Whereas this is like, I'm like, that looks weird. And then I go over there. So I think it's an apt comparison in this case for sure. I had a lot of time to like sit by myself and think about this game before the rest of the world had it during the review process. And I kept coming back to that comparison. The like, no, like all the games that have tried to imitate Breath of the Wild, I feel like have always taken the wrong lessons from Breath of the Wild. Mm -hmm. And this is the first one that is like, no, we're going to reward you for exploring, but we're not going to tell you about it. Sometimes it's a little trinket or an item or a consumable. Sometimes it's a really cool thing. Like you never know, but like you're always interested in going to find out. And now that the game is out and I've been talking to a lot of folks who have been playing it, it's been really fun to have those conversations of like, okay, trying to like suss out what have you seen so far? Like what direction did you go in? Where Mm -hmm. did you end up? And that to me, that feels like the conversations we were having in 2017 uh, when Breath of the Wild came out. It was like, I don't want to say too much because I don't know if you've seen the thing yet because you can kind of experience it from hour one or hour 100. Like there's such a wide (laughs) range of when people Mm -hmm. are going to see things. And so it's been really fun to like talk to Eric and, you know, talk to uh, other friends who have been going through it. And I'm like, all right, what have they seen yet? What do I know is coming up? So I'm like, okay, I'm really excited for them to get to X, Y, and Z whenever they find Mm -hmm. it. And it's, it's been really interesting watching people on Twitch, just streaming and being like, oh, this person ended up in this area an hour two. And they, they know they shouldn't be here, but they're, they're pushing through it because they're really good at this game and they're, they're making it work. And I'm like, this is this is cool. Well, and like in some ways, like I said, I love Breath of the Wild to me. It's like a 10 forever. But mm-hmm. Elden Ring improves on it because it has dungeons <laughs> and like <That's> true. <laughs> actual dungeons. And like this one even has basically the shrines where it's like little repeated things sort of in, in the catacombs and the mines, mm-hmm. which, you know, are kind of remixed. They're like chalice dungeons from Bloodborne where they're like kind of just remixed. And that's where, you'll, where you're seeing like the odd repeated boss here and there, but it's like narratively, it kind of makes sense that these would be similar because they're put here for a reason. As far as I can glean so far, mm-hmm. obviously it's a from soft game. My girlfriend was like, what's the story? And I was like, um, <laughs> I don't body video no. hasn't released it yet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Body video will tell body us later. Hasn't told us yet. <laughs> but like, it's, it's so good. And like, what's super relieved what i feel relieved um because yeah i was worried like i said before and it they didn't lose it if anything they gained it because the sense of wonder that you get from getting to a new area and the pacing at which they've always had in all their games where like everything is metered out in just such a specific pace and like they know Mm -hmm. when to hit you with like a wide vista after a big fight and give you like an upgrade to your flask's strength or something like mm-hmm. that. Like I was worried like, okay, how are you going to meter that out mm-hmm. in an open world game where you can't control where I'm going or what I'm doing? Or like if I scrub out and go like over there for two hours and then come back and like, forget what I was doing, you know, like how are they going to manage that? And so far kind of like what Jesse said is like you create your own moments like that, but they have catered moments like that too by putting little linear segments into the open world and like they know that you're going to fight this boss and then keep walking down this path because you're like where does this go 
And then you come up some stairs and you see a new area and you're like, oh, wow. You know, so they they put their little moments of control in those little choke points, those little bottlenecks. And that's right. how they do it. Like they bottleneck the open world and give you those moments. And, and then the rest of it is up to you. And it's just such an amazing combination. And like mm-hmm. it, 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 it's so funny because I feel like a doofus when I think like this. But like, like I said before, Dark Souls like ruined other video games for me. Mm-hmm. And it's like FromSoft just keeps on doing it. Because every time they put out a game, I always find myself thinking like, why are they just so good at this? Like, why are they so... <laughs> Not even why are they so much better? Maybe it's just that they the way they think is the way I like games to be, and it just happens mm-hmm. to be like that for me, and I'm fully aware of that. But it's just like, man, <laughs> they're so good at what they do. I find anyway. The the thing that has also really struck me about this game is how it retains a sense of friction, like we were talking about earlier, and this is what I was thinking about when we were talking about Horizon is that horizon feels like a world that's made to be frictionless. It's made yeah. to like have everything available to you. One of the things that jumped out at me early on with horizon was I was trying to figure out an environmental puzzle and Aloy was just talking out loud at me about how to solve the environmental puzzle. <laughs> Shut up, I was Aloy. Like, right. It's like, cool. I like just got here and I'm already hey, give me like, a second. Like when games, games like miss time, the hint like Mm -hmm. like when you walk in a room and 20 seconds later they're like i need to get to that ladder over there you know and it's just like dude i just got here like (laughs) i'm not even saying that that's necessarily like a bad thing to have in games although i do wish there was like a slider or a toggle for that i think last of us 2 actually had things like that where you could toggle how often you wanted to get hints and things like that with elden ring it somehow manages, and this is the really wild part, is it manages to keep that friction in an open world setting. I don't feel, I don't necessarily feel lost. I think it would be really easy to feel lost, like like just sit there and be frustrated or uh, paralyzed by choice of, oh, what do I even do now? You know, what what's the way forward? How do I do things? Instead, they put just enough to kind of nudge you in some directions and that's because there's incredible landmarks that you can see that are always very appealing. There's good vistas. Like we were talking about, there are these little flowy golden signs that they will just kind of like let peek out a little bit. They're enough to kind of catch your eye off in the distance. You're like, Ooh, Ooh, there's something going on over here. And (laughs) it's a world that's full of little moments and little wonders that you want to chase after. And then it will still have that friction of you end up in a place that is way beyond your level. But instead of going there and being like, Oh, thanks from soft. You, you really <laughs> screwed me over. I'm like, bet I can run through this place, not get hit and pick up a bunch of really cool stuff on the way right. out and get the map, the map marker. So I can yeah. remember where the heck I've been like, exactly. Yeah. And so I go on these like just <laughs> falls to the wall run through these uh dungeons and stuff where i'm just like careening through and picking things up and there are like arrows flying about me and gargoyles like doing jump kick flips at me and stuff and i'm like i'm just here for items <laughs> let me go I, I do find it interesting that you get the horse very early in the game yeah. so there's your option to run away from what you need to run away from mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. a lot grace, at the beginning I think, yeah you say early i did not get the horse until after i beat the first boss 
What? Because really? I didn't rest. Oh, because you don't I would rest. pick up the lost oh. gra- grace and I would go. So I got to the first boss and I was like, I really like what what's going on? Like, I know I should be able to level up at some point. I know I should be able to get this stuff. Yeah, I must just have to beat this boss. Yeah. And Which then finally, previous games I got the, the level up. Yeah. So it was one of those things where it was like, that was when it hit me where it was like, I think part of the difference between like a horizon and uh like a Elden Ring is that like Horizon wants you to see its characters. It wants you to see its world. It yeah. wants you to mm-hmm. see its story. Mm-hmm. FromSoft doesn't care if you miss 90% oh, of that yeah. game. There are <laughs> characters you can miss. There are yeah. story beats you can miss. There are entire areas you can miss. Like it is on you to just go find that stuff. You beat Magritte? You beat Magritte without leveling up? Yes. Wow. You're good at video games. I'm not. It it took far too long. It like far like like it was just that's a frustrating boss. I found <laughs> yeah. Jesse uh, over here like I beat Magritte without leveling up. What did it cost you? Everything, everything, everything. <laughs> the horse. That entire first night of reviewing, horse. it cost me an entire night of, of that. <laughs> yeah, especially especially in the review phase when there's not enough people online to get help. Like dang, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And you get yeah. the. You get summons after the horse, so you couldn't even have summoned, summoned wolves or No, I, the, I I was able to summon uh, the NPC helper. Right, that was the, the only thing I was able sorcerer. to summon. Heavens yeah. to Murgatroyd. What, what I think is so amazing <laughs> about this game is just like, so there's, because I went to film school, right? So like there's, there's a thing in screenwriting where you want the micro and the macro, right? So you have a mm-hmm. three-act structure, mm-hmm in a scene where it's like, okay, what does this person want? The rising action, the falling action, you know, and like the, the motion forward, this leads to that, like, uh, because of this, then this, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking about this game in that kind of terms where it's like, you've Mm -hmm. got your room design where the enemies are placed here and here and here. And it's just, it's like a little puzzle. Cause you're like, how do I get through this room without dying? You've got your, dungeon design or your linear area designs like Stormvale Castle, for example, where it's like you can go off on these branching courses, but they lead you back to here. And then that all leads you back over here. And then you realize like, oh, I came in from behind on that place with all the ballistas. Cool. That's awesome. I kept dying over there. And like, then it goes more macro and the entire world is like that. And every, every place you go ends up leading you to different places and it funnels you, but you don't even realize that you're like it's the illusion of free will, right? Like you're like, right. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're do- discovering all these things and stuff, but obviously it was like programmed by people. So they're like, okay, they'll see this from here because we know the sight lines and stuff. And I just think I marvel at it. It's so mm-hmm. well put together on on a micro level and a macro level. I so, agree. Yeah. As as we wrap up this section, I'm going to pose a question here. The same question I posed when we talked about Pokemon Legends Arceus. Uh, and oddly enough, we're in a year where two major franchises are experimenting with open world yeah. design and, and trying new things and, and the ways in which that can change these franchises. And much like Arceus, I'm going to ask y'all, starting with with Nadia, uh, do we think that this is the signal of new things to come for from software or, you know, is this a fulcrum point or is this a point at which they're going to do an Elden Ring? and then make more of their more constrained games. Do we think that open world is the future ahead for these games? I can see a future where they alternate for sure. Like they did Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3, no problem. I could see them doing Elden, uh, 
Elden Ring 2 without an issue. Mm-hmm. But I think before that, there will be a whether there'll be another Bloodborne, which I'm sure everyone would absolutely lose their minds mm-hmm. for, or another Dark Souls, which same. Uh, I think that's going to happen first. But there will be more open world, especially with those scores. Nobody looks at those. Bandai Namco is not looking at those scores and saying, oh, I think we're done with this open world thing. So, <laughs> that's for yeah. sure. Isla, Isla, what do you think as as a FromSoft fan? Yeah, I mean, I'm wearing a Bloodborne necklace that <laughs> I got yesterday. But like, yeah, I think you're right. I think that um, whether or not it's Elden Ring 2 or something, I think that they're probably not going to say no to doing this again. Um, yeah, open World Armored Core would be wild. But like oh, now <laughs> yes. we're talking a, a Bloodborne, a Bloodborne remaster by Blue Point or a Bloodborne 2 would be fantastic. You keep hearing rumors one way and the other or the other of like yeah. people saying like it's coming. And then other people are like, I work here and I've never heard of it. Like, <laughs> so it's just like, OK, well, <laughs> what what's real? Um, I think, yeah, like the last thing I want from software to do is start treadmilling it or like. making it on a release schedule like ubisoft or whatever like obviously i don't think they would do that um but i think you're right i think they would they would alternate or have like dark souls 2 right that was i don't want to say the b team but like because i love dark souls 2 i actually like it more than dark souls 3 but um you know they have miyazaki could be working on elden ring 2 while someone else is working on you know something else or vice versa so of course. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Jesse, how are you feeling on this? Well, so like you, if you look at FromSoft's like past couple of years, right, it's been like Bloodborne, Dark Souls 3, Sekiro, like they're Elden Ring. They're always like trying something new. Yeah. So That's I think true. it's about time they go back to basics and do like an Adventures of Cookie and Cream 2. I really think that's like that's where we're at now. I think that's the best take of the night. I, I think that's I think like 2023, 2024, we're going to we're going to have the real From Software. Mm-hmm. The, the real the year. year cookies they, and cream yeah. they've earned all the budget they need to to make the true cookies and cream experience that we've been waiting for <laughs> exactly that was the game plan all along you yeah, emerge it's out all been leading up to that it's a long into the open world and then there's a giant cookie just there it's like <laughs> i see you have arrived baked one <laughs> there you go yeah, it would be an eldritch cookie it'd be pretty terrifying yeah and like Couch co-op has been important, especially with the past, last couple of years we've been having. Like it, it's prime. I'm telling you, Adventure Cookies and Cream Absolutely. too. It's coming. Mm-hmm. No, no, this is a good idea. Yeah. I hope from Soft. I hope you're listening, Miyazaki. If you need some advice, hit me up. I got you. I agree with the takes that they're probably. I would love to see them keep doing these sorts of almost standalone type injuries, Bloodborne, Sekiro, where they can just come up with a world and a concept and do that. Uh, whereas Elden Ring, at least from what I've played so far does feel like it could be a, a, a larger world, a longer running thing in the way that Dark Souls told a story through those. Um, but who knows? At the end of the day, it's FromSoft. And I feel like FromSoft just has blank checks at this point. Right. A blank. They don't have right. a blank check. They have a blank check book. Like they, mm-hmm. whatever they want to do, people will back it. They will see it. And so I would love to see a return to Armored Core, frankly, uh, because if we're already in the year of tactics next year should be the year of mechs yeah. and really just bring it all back. But, uh, I yeah. think you, you hit the nail on the head. Like I don't from software is, is one of the companies that I have the utmost trust in. And I'm like, I want mm-hmm. them to do whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. Like that, that was one of the reasons I was a little nervous with George R. R. Martin 
you know, providing some lore. <laughs> and it's just like, oh boy. Why? like you guys are the best in the biz for video game lore. You don't need any help. Uh, so far it's turned out. Okay. Like there's only one thing that I'm like, is that you George? When that girl in round <laughs> table you, hold George. is like, let me lay with you. And I'm like, mm, okay, George. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, this but, is uh, this is the one that George wrote, and they were like, yeah. uh, "I'll do it well, if I can it. write this one lady." But yeah, <laughs> they should just do whatever they <laughs> Could want. Could you imagine? Just the one, the only, that's the only, the thing. only thing he did. The like, deathbed companion obligated to put something in here, and all he wrote was ladies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, though, like you know, with this, with the way he writes, anything yeah. to not finish that book. Yeah, it's all he can't finish it because it was prophesied that if he finishes it, something will happen. Everything's happening already. (laughs) He he may as well. Yeah, one more can happen at this point. He likes he likes bosoms and trees, and those two Mm -hmm. things are are in the game. Trees with bosoms, like in the last unicorn movie. The perfect entity. We already had uh, who was it? Quilog in in Dark Souls. Like we're already working with with monster ladies. So let's get tree ladies in here too. That's no. the thing I thought though. I was like, FromSoft is not not thirsty, so maybe it's a match made in heaven. From FromSoft is a different kind of thirst that I don't think yeah. George R. R. Martin is ready for yet. Yeah, he's not <laughs> he's true. not like post nihilist, like you've accepted the absurdity of, of existence uh-huh, uh-huh. and now you're horny about it. Like that's where FromSoft's at. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> George is like a teenage boy <laughs> where he's like, Yeah, she had a tight bodice. Whoa. <laughs> there's a reason to live <laughs> that was the funny part was i was playing this on stream with, with uh, I, was, I was streaming it to to discord while jesse and a few others were watching and i i you know they have the maiden and that that one girl in the shack who's like oh i you know i'm i've, I've fallen and i'm in a ward and, and i'm just like oh whatever and i find the the witch girl that gives you the bell to summon things. Yeah. And the second she like lifts her arms up and I see two more arms underneath it. I was like, Oh, what's going on? <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. So from soft. Yeah, dude. From they soft love arms. Arrive. They love grafting and arms. Fingers. Mm-hmm. Big, fingers. big part of this. Love oh, that, fingers. that whole part about becoming yeah. part of the chrysalid and all that. I was like, oh, mm, yeah. this is good from soft stuff right oh, here. Yeah. That girl who's like, I'm scared to get my arms cut off and put mm-hmm. it to the spider. It's I'm scary like, getting your, arms and legs yeah. cut off and put on to the growth and i was like yeah yeah like, it, yes, is. it is <laughs> but that's what makes helping these people feel so good mm-hmm. so that is that's gonna wrap it for our early thoughts on ellen ring we'll probably do a spoiler cast or something in the future I'm i can't sure see will. us not doing it but uh maybe give us some time because apparently this game is about a bajillion hours long so whenever it's we so schedule long. this for yeah they said 30 it took brad 50 just to it like to they finish said it. 30 they said 30 crit path and i was like no no way bs no. like maybe after you've beaten it before that's like someone telling me seafood's only like five hours long yeah if you're good at seafood <laughs> if seafood yeah, is 30 hours if you your hit mind. every boss on the first try right or second try right no way yeah uh anyways on to the next main topic this one's a quick one i just wanted to shout out uh, the, the Steam Next Fest is live right now. Uh, actually, ironically, by the time this episode goes live, I think it will be the last day of Steam Next Fest. Uh. Uh, so y'all get those demos in while you can. But uh, there were some cool games in Steam Next Fest that I thought uh, we shall shout out here. And one of them 
uh, intimately familiar to both Jesse and I here is a uh, neon white neon white rips neon white might in a year of Elden Ring and Breath of the Wild 2 be a real contender for top 10 lists. I'm just putting it out there right now. I'm just planting the flag early. This game's real, real good. Wait, uh, that's out? No, no, no it's, it's, it's the demos. Demo, right. Yes. My friend Ben is, ben is making that. Heck oh, cool. Yeah. I got to play that demo. Shoot, I didn't know. Oh, that it's that very good. It. It's a it real is, good demo. It's ah, extremely dang. good. Um, the, the, the short elevator pitch is that it is a first-person shooter that's really more about movement than anything else and it's about speed running these levels and routing them and it does so many cool things to teach you how to route and how to think like a speed runner like okay i've got a critical path that i've got to get through and i have to do these things but how can i decrease the time in which i'm taking to do them and move faster uh at the same time just it's excellent i highly recommend everyone play it um there's a lot of other cool stuff too for the rpg sickos in here uh there's a game called heroes hour that is basically just pixel heroes of might and magic uh which is it's it's i mean it is might and magic you are a hero with an army you are roaming around the lands you have a town that you can build armies at and build other heroes at to exchange armies between them and you can find different enemy mobs and collect resources and take over forts and things like that it is very sweet it is really cool and it's coming out on march 1st so it's like oh. right around the corner so the demo's oh, no. live right now but yeah <laughs> yeah poor thing uh <laughs> have to write that, that in my notebook that one's real cool the wandering village is great it's the xenoblade chronicles uh city builder that we've always wanted where you are building a city on the back of a giant walking tortoise elephant lizard <laughs> thing i don't know it's tortoise cute it. it's big and cute i like it um finders keepers is what would happen if tinder uh was also the blair witch project uh so if that appeals to you you check that's that out. a good pitch that's a uh, good pitch. that is a great it, pitch it, it's a very good i'm pitch. in um and small saga is like Redwall the rpg where you have little mice who have weapons i love it so like your main character is a warrior and he's got like a swiss army knife like a pocket knife and so that's his blade that he uses and then his friend is a wizard and he's wearing wizard robes he's a little mouse of wizard robes and he uses a lighter to do fire magic i love it it's adorable (laughs) i haven't seen a wizard mouse since dragon's crown it's uh it's real good so i i the reason why i wanted to bring it up was to shout those games out but also we were choking earlier in this podcast about oh e3 what is e3 anymore but i really like these festivals i like these little demo things and they've kind of become the norm and we are in a point now where we've been in this pandemic milieu for a while now (laughs) and this seems to have become the norm but do y'all feel like this is just a good way forward for this sort of thing? And, and is it better than, you know, honestly, in some cases, packs and stuff like that, because you get more readily available access to these indie demos? I, I don't know. I'm kind of enjoying it. Uh, what, Nadia, what do you think? How do you feel about the next fest? Uh, it's fine. I mean, there's also the matter of like, you got to have the the hardware to do it. You have to have the connection to do it. Like, I was just thinking about how this year uh, I was part of the team that got to preview um, Endwalker. And Mm -hmm. normally people would be out, I forget where, 
to preview the, the mm-hmm. game hands on. And I liked the fact that I was with a whole bunch of people online because we all had a great time, like running the Tower of Zot, like I told you, and mm-hmm. making me tank, <laughs> even though I was not ready to do so. <laughs> but I also had like a lot of lag and had to spend a lot of time trying to fix that lag. And what's the problem? Nobody knows what the problem is. It's fine on my end. It's fine on our end. Well, okay, I guess I'll just die. And I do kind of miss the interaction of, you know, being there. Like, I'm really, really primed for PAX. Yeah. And just want yeah. to get out there. And, and I am like the world's biggest introvert. And I'm just, I am just missing hands-on events. But I'm also glad that we have this, this I don't want to call it a substitution, but this alternative. Because it's so much better than the, than just like wallowing in regret and fear and terror mm-hmm. while a pandemic and everything else closes in on us people are mm-hmm. still finding ways to get their art out there and to get their games out there and people are finding ways to play those games mm-hmm. so i think they're extremely important i don't want them to go away but i do miss the, I, I do still want to see those physical sort of hands-on shows mm-hmm. jesse how you feeling you missing packs yeah i'm i mean i'm missing live events in general just real bad uh like i'm sure many people are uh one thing i will say about the like the next demo uh, next demo in particular is that i think it's like a good idea and i think that like in a perfect world it's like we still have live events we still have e3 or whatever amalgamation that turns into and then at the end of a trailer they go demo out on steam now or demo out on playstation now like right have the live events for the people that are there and then for the, the people who can't be there, have the demo. If you're yeah. making the vertical slice and it's like something that is manageable to put on like a Steam or something, I think that's the best of both worlds. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say like hybrid is the way to go. I've been saying for mm-hmm. years like why why don't why don't we give the demos to everybody? And I mean vertical slices are hard to do. So if if you, you know, you're not going to get a demo for everything, but yeah, if if you're doing one already, make sure it's not hackable, which maybe yeah. <laughs> sometimes is hard because like you mm-hmm. can data mine stuff, um, you know, and that's part of the difficulty of making a vertical slice. But like, if you can, yeah, spit it out for everybody because then you can get the press takes from an event, or if you get to go in person, you can go and have that experience. But if you can't, especially you know intra covid or post covid if there ever is one like you know if you're immunocompromised or like can't get out of the house or can't go to these things it's like you deserve mm-hmm. to get to be part of the excitement too so yeah i think hybrid is the way to go for sure but i do miss events too yeah yeah i'm looking forward to we are we submitted our pax east panel today mm. um on the deadline because we're always on time here at Blood God. Uh, but we we are looking forward to that, I think, just having those events. But especially speaking as someone who came up in the industry working for whatever site would, would take him and all that. So the Steam Next Fest is just a really cool thing, I think, to get game demos out there and also get, you know, you know a way for people to play these things at home and, and open access up to people who might not normally have them. You know, as someone who came up through the industry, uh, through whatever site would kind of take him uh, paying my way to a lot of these events like packs and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, having stuff like steam next fest is cool because it makes there be less of a travel and contact and, and personal barrier to it. But I do also miss it for the same reasons. You know, I want to go 
do karaoke with my pals after a long day on the pack show floor. So uh, <laughs> that is hopefully at PAX East. We will have blood God karaoke and that'll be a time and a half. <laughs> but what's your go to karaoke song? I know my favorite karaoke place in L.A. went under during COVID and I'm no, so no, about no. it. Uh, Go. Let's save go to karaoke song. That sounds like a good post show discussion. Okay, we will throw okay. that in the post show. I um, have a list. <laughs> pull out the binder. I, it's on my Google Keep. It's a lengthy list. <laughs> but it's that time once again, as always, every week for an untitled Eric segment. this is where I wanted to bring up something that was going to be in random encounters, but I was just going to rant about it a little bit. Uh, Capcom did their reveal and obviously it was street fighter six. Uh, it's happening and Ryu's getting wider. You know, that's my airplane (laughs) reference for the week. And they also announced a Capcom fighting collection, which looks really, really cool. I'm glad that dark stalkers and VSAV and all those games are getting brought forward, given a rollback net code. But the whole thing about street fighter six, both being just, Here's Ryu. You can see the outline of his Hadoken in his <laughs> gray sweatpants <laughs> because the long. RE engine, the RE engine can work wonders. And uh that's it. And then here's a logo that people later found looks exactly like Adobe stock uh photo yeah. options. <laughs> Which like um, after that that uh lawsuit with them like stealing all that lady's art, like mm-hmm. I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. I love Capcom, but damn. My soapbox for this week and and I've been going on about this for a while now to various people is what happened to Street Fighter and how does it even come back at this point? Because you look at Street Fighter coming out of Street Fighter 4 and it was top of the world. It was like the number one game, the headliner at Evo and everybody played ultra street fighter four. It felt like ultra street fighter four was a huge breakthrough for a series that was already on top of the world in the FGC. Uh, but it was more importantly, like a mainstream success. And in the interim, we've had a lot of games pop up and really find their own footing. I feel like guilty gear, uh, by benefit of dragon ball fighters, uh, has really created a foothold for anime fighters, in the you know the the broader mainstream and mortal Kombat has become the most prestige fighting game experience around even if you know you're like me and you don't like the way that mortal Kombat handles you still can't deny that that's a really good package overall it's incredible campaign so much to do it's got good multiplayer it's got a lot of stuff and now we're looking at a world where you've got a prestige fighting game series on one side, the anime fighters doing great. And you've got riot games about to walk in and create a new fighting game experience that will definitely eat up some market share. If Valorant has any, uh, you know, indication of what will happen. Uh, what does street fighter do at this point? And especially with this first foot forward. Yeah, I don't, this is not a strong foot forward for street fighter. I'm, I'm concerned. Uh, oddly enough, it feels like Ryu and Chun-Li, you know, they're in Fortnite. They're cultural icons of, of like, I would put them on the level of something like Sonic the Hedgehog, where they are just recognizable video game characters. But I don't know what a new Street Fighter even looks like to try and regain what the series was. So I don't know if we've got any fighting game fans in here, but I feel like that's also the point is Street Fighter was the game for the non-fighting game fan. Yeah, yeah. I liked Street Fighter 2 a lot when it was, you know, new and fresh. And I was, you know, 
uh, new and young. But I don't know. I remember the hype around 4 very well, and especially around Ultra, because it seemed like Ultra fixed a lot of what was wrong with 4. Mm-hmm. But 5, another game, I guess it's the same problem. It kind of took off on the wrong foot. It was just like, it came out at a very, like, it was very much organized for a free-to-play sort of uh, gotcha you know, market, you know what I mean? Like it was piecemeal. Yeah, it had the fight money where you could kind of like earn currency to earn characters and things like that. And yeah. And by then people were Which really went turning over against swimmingly. that system, <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing. So that basically that was a lot of, I think, executive meddling. Capcom went through a very rough patch where uh, I guess I'd say after Inafune mm-hmm. left and they tried very, very hard to appeal to the Western market with very, very mixed results. Yeah. And by the time they got five out, they were starting to kind of get out of that period of complete Konami-level cluelessness. They still had some climbing to do. And I'm guessing still had a lot of executives pressing down saying, hey, this is the hot new thing. that we got to do this. So it was just a product of a weird time for them. And to Street Fighter V's credit, I, I haven't played much of it. I haven't played any of it, I think. But it's built up. And it has Cody the mayor. It has built up. How can you not love yeah. that? Yeah, it, it has built up, I think. But it also feels like, and this is the sentiment I've heard from a lot of people who like Street Fighter, is that it feels like a little too late. Right. And uh, it's it's also, you look at everything else that Capcom's doing right now, and like Monster Hunter's doing great, Devil May Cry doing great. And uh, you got to start to wonder, like, how do they fix this? How do they write the ship? Like, how did Street Fighter suddenly go down when when everything else is rising at Capcom? So, I don't know. That's that's Eric's corner for this week. Is Eric's corner? Oh, Street Fighter. I don't to know. To me, I think like I'm not a fighting game aficionado, but like I played a lot of uh, uh, Alpha Two. Oh, I mm-hmm. loved Alpha Two mm-hmm. and Three. Mm-hmm. I was Alpha huge two, on Three. Yeah, Three, I think. But like. I love sprite art <laughs> and like mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like every time someone sees the new like because five looks like claymation or mm-hmm. it looks I never weird liked to five me. Look mm-hmm. No, I don't, I don't like, like the it. look of it at all. And six, like I love RE engine. It's it's amazing for Resident Evil games. I don't know that I need Street Fighter to look like that. Like I would mm-hmm. prefer them to do like hand-drawn style like Skullgirls or something or mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Guilty Gear looks amazing like do that oh, kind of Guilty a thing. Guilty Gear looks unfairly good. G- Guilty Gear is like insane. Mm-hmm. I get and I get is that the one that's actually like 3D models but it looks like it's 2D cuz mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's gorgeous and I'm just like how did you do this? Or like the mm-hmm. Arc System Works stuff it's just like it looks like an anime come to life and it's like do that. Like Street Fighter I don't know it's a 2D fighter. It doesn't need to be Soul Calibur like yeah, I don't know. I also That's... wonder, like, and I'm not like I, I I dabble in fighting games from from time to time, right? Like, I've played a bunch of Guilty Gear Strive and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, how bad would it be if Street Fighter went free to play, Street Fighter Six, and did mm-hmm. a battle pass? And you know, every couple months, instead of getting waiting, you know, four months for four characters, like every month you got a character and like a small battle pass. Mm-hmm. Like, would would that be the end of the world? I don't know. I'm sure fighting games are fans are yelling at me right now, but probably like, <laughs> like if it has the, a healthy roster at launch and then, yeah. you know, instead of waiting three, four months for four character, like a character pass, you get one a month or one every two months. And it comes with a little battle pass that you buy when you buy the character and you get like a cool skin at the end of it. Like, is that the worst thing? 
I do think the interesting thing about the battle pass as a concept is it lets developers stop monetizing gameplay updates because they they have mostly become cosmetic things at this point. When you buy the yeah. Fortnite Battle Pass, you're not buying a new mechanic to use that other people who don't buy the Battle Pass don't get. Uh, you're just unlocking more cosmetics. You get to look cooler, but you don't necessarily get a gun that nobody else gets. Unless that has existed in Fortnite. It has not to my knowledge. Um, but it, I maybe that would help because I think one of the other things about fighting games is that it is a constant investment over time to get these characters. You do have to buy them. Even with smash, you had to buy new characters every time they came out. And there was a part of me every time a new character came out in smash. I was like, Oh, well, do I want to spend money on this game? How much money am I going to spend on this game? Do I play this game enough anymore? And if it was this situation where instead you were getting cosmetics or, you know, some of these mirror fighters maybe were battle pass related. And so you weren't just getting like, uh, you know, maybe the, this is what will get me attacked by the fighting game fans. If Fox was in the game, but then to play as Falco, who would be mechanically the same or like uh, Marth and Krom, who are mechanically the same, but just look different. Uh, that would be a battle pass thing is to get Krom. And that's the thing that will get them. I can hear them coming down the street mm. right now <laughs> with pitchforks <laughs> and torches for me. But yeah, I don't know. I don't want to be the person at Capcom that has to solve this problem. That's that's the answer I have. <laughs> that's probably the best answer you could give. It's, it's just wild to me that Street Fighter is the game in that place where you don't know how to even begin to start to write the ship on it. So they've Street been finding Fighter. Capcom has been finding success in the more traditional model lately with like you make you buy the game and then you buy the expansion. And then like mm-hmm. if you want, you can buy the three ninety nine like unlock the shop duke dlc mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. for yeah eight, you yeah. know and it's like i would be surprised if they took the battle pass free-to-play route but i think like you guys are saying i think it would make sense but i don't know if capcom would do it like specifically capcom i don't know no. i don't think they would right that 60 dollar box just looks real good for them they're like yeah just sell a 60 dollar game what if yeah. Ryu was a JPEG and you could buy the hyperlink to that JPEG? No, I think we'd rather. <laughs> you I'd now you're talking. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I think that you, uh, whoever said this raised a good point though. Like the, the public will of five wasn't great out of the gate and they mm. only made it better after months, a year, a couple of years. Like, so maybe because of that, six might not, do as well with a $60 price tag mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. out the gate. So maybe that is the play. Yeah. Xbox game pass. That's what happens. Dude, incredible value. I mean, can you game imagine, pass? can you imagine, or incredible you turn it around and when Sony launches, whatever it is, they're working on for PlayStation plus they right out of the gate are like, we've got street fighter six on it. They won that. Hmm. Maybe that's it. Maybe street that's fighter it. six exclusive to the Nintendo switch. Oh God! <laughs> the net code. only motion controlled. Uh, yeah. <laughs> only motion controlled. <laughs> it's secretly controls. arms too. Yeah, you have to be on the expansion pass <laughs> level of the online yes. to to play because they have to pay for better servers. Nightmare. But it's still not rollback. No, it's, it's still, still not, not rollback. Roll it still doesn't work. You still have to talk to people over the phone. Um, oh. 
It is time once again, as always, to nominate four more RPGs for contention in our top 25 RPG remake 2022 intergrade competition. As always, every week, Kat, Nadia, and myself are nominating an RPG each to be considered to be one of the top 25 RPGs of all time. And this week, we've got four more to put into the pile. We're going to start with Kat's because Kat is submitting by mail from the open ocean. Uh, Kat says, Yakuza like a dragon which i was mad because when cat sent this to me i was like i was gonna nominate that yeah, this week. she stole it from you uh cat writes it aged up the persona formula introduced a lot of wonderful characters and let you hire a chicken delightful rpg and i fully agree i think yakuza like a dragon is honestly one of the better modern rpgs out there right now uh even with my qualms aside about some of the movement options and things like that i think it is an absolutely wonderful rpg and totally a top 25 contender i don't even have much else to say about it yeah because of rules like i yeah. i cannot wait for a potential like a dragon 2 that would like sign me up i'm, I'm hooked. yeah so nadia what are you bringing this week I just bit the bullet and I finally put Breath of Fire 3 in there. And I know that has no chance in God's holy earth of getting onto the 25, but I had to put it there because it's such a one of a kind RPG in terms of looks, in terms of that jazzy soundtrack, in terms of that mm-hmm. dragon gene system that's broken beyond belief. It's got a, a just incredible sprite work. Some of the best you'll ever see on the PlayStation or anywhere else. It's got a lot of heart. I think playing through half the game as a tiny child, Ryu, is the funniest thing because all these adults are just kind of shepherding him around and he's kind of <laughs> empty-headed, so he's just doing his best. <laughs> while, while he's being he's told trying. now, you're, you're a very dangerous <laughs> dragon, but uh, we're going to... Do you want a juice box? Do you <laughs> so, yeah, I, it's just... It's not a perfect RPG, God knows. It's got like some control issues. It's got some issues with like Dungeons that Drag. Dungeons and Dragons. But... <laughs> I thought I'd just put it in there. I, I had to at some point, so here we are. It's a good pick. It's a good pick. Uh, I'm putting forward Mass Effect 2. Uh, I know that we have Mass Effect 1 on the top 25, and I know that there are feelings in this Discord about which Mass Effect is the truly greatest Mass Effect, and I'm ready to fight all of y'all and say yeah, that it's yeah. Mass Effect 2, because I think Mass Effect 2 is incredibly well-contained. I think it is an incredibly well-constructed RPG. I think its cast is one of the best casts in RPGs, straight up. It's got a lovable bunch of just terrible, terrible people who all have so many issues and problems and red flags, and I love all of them. And uh, it's got Thane. It's got Garrus. It's got Miranda. It's got Tali. Like, look at this lineup. How can you not love these RPG characters? And it's got the suicide mission, which is easily, I think, one of the coolest just concepts that an RPG has done in in a long time. Like, no one has nailed that feeling of a heist the way that the suicide mission nails it. And I, I love every moment of it. Mass Effect 2, one of my favorite games of all time, and I will happily defend its worth on the top 25 and rounding it out not think it's good i'm, I'm uh, perplexed our, by this everyone i know just 25. thinks two is the best one no question our top 25 which i was not a part of which i took <laughs> no participation in let me tell you put mass effect one on over mass effect two or three and huh. I under I appreciate that there's an argument for why Mass Effect One is a very good RPG. I agree. It's great. It is, but two it is, is my better. second favorite of Mass <laughs> yeah. Effect. But two is better. <laughs> right. 
Sorry, none none of my business. No, no. Look, the cat's gone. I get to just take the wheel this week and and make my stand here. <laughs> um, is and as always, on there? is Sweet uh, and Two is on there. Yes, um, yes, on our top twenty-five for sure. Woo! Uh-huh, okay, uh-huh. good. Yeah. you guys are all right. <laughs> oh, our, our, our top twenty-five. As much as I love it, as much as I think it is a good top twenty-five, we are obviously doing the the remake. Uh, competition here because I think the original was was 2018 was when it was made or 2017 2018 uh, I think. 2018 uh, there have been some RPGs that have come out since I think there's been some critical reevaluations of many RPGs since and so uh, obviously things like Disco Elysium and Undertale oh, yeah. have shaken up the the potential nominees Yakuza Like a Dragon is another example and I, I think there's just room for maybe something like Final Fantasy V to be dumped off like it so richly deserves. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there, folks at home. I'm trying to roll up the stars of Destiny chat now. <laughs> I feel the heat. Uh, and as always, we have one community nomination every week. Uh, I went in and selected one. And as I told y'all the last time uh, when I picked one of these, I like passion. I like someone who comes in with a passionate choice for what they truly believe in. And this week that is Sir Jersey with trails in the sky, FC plus SC, AKA first chapter plus second chapter. Uh, Sir Jersey puts forward trails in the sky saying that these two games present a master class in world building. They lay down the foundation for a series that has been running for 17 years and is as far as I can tell. And I, I, I looked into this and I think you are correct. The only JRPG series to tell one continuous story spanning 11 games and counting. They are a very good example of what a smaller developer can do with limited resources and a clear vision. They are a good example of what can be achieved when every aspect of these games present has a purpose. And most of all, they form a classic duo of games that put on display Nihon Falcom's ability to weave an intricate web of interconnected threads and form a nucleus for storytelling in a world that has been built up since 2004 there are many more paragraphs of passionate defense for trails (laughs) in the sky following this but i will just say uh they point out that this is the unsung hero of the jrpg jrpg genre and i fully agree with you trails in the sky i think does not get the credit it's due i think this is a series that has long languished in relative obscurity to the dragon quests and the final fantasies and the like and it will have its time in the sun well, didn't trails when in the we sky get to the top tra- 25 like, it's trails like we have trails of cold steel but yeah yeah we have trails, trails and trails of cold steel uh trails from zero i think is what the yeah. the middle ones or something are called it, granted it is a little bit difficult to follow it, you know it is a little bit kingdom hearts in that way mm-hmm. i think trails in the sky deserves a, a shout out and I'm very much looking forward to this. I, I was also thinking about this because I'm working on another project right now for Ooh. blood God. And I was looking into trails in the sky for a particular inspiration and found it in trails in the sky, FC oh, plus good. SC. And so uh, look forward, look forward to March. <laughs> but as always, Nadia, you're going to take us home now. We 
decided to rearrange this whole podcast so that way the nostalgia nook is the thing that caps us off, that ends it, because we have to put the chaos at the end. So Nadia, take us to the nostalgia <laughs> nook. Uh, well, there's basically for our, our beloved guests here, I just want to say that what the nostalgia nook is, is I kind of recount something from the past, sometimes video games related, sometimes related to just media in general or, or life in the 80s, because I'm an 80s kid. And usually it's become tradition somehow that we decide whether this is a nostalgia nook moment, a nice warm moment, or a pit moment, which is like I tell a terrible story because I have many. So <laughs> uh, luckily today's story, I already know where it's going, but For a Mercy is very short. It's the story of the dog named Ganon who humped everything. And uh, again, for our beloved guests, I used to be a dog groomer. And uh, I used to meet a lot of interestingly named dogs. Uh, there was actually a Boston Terrier named Super Saiyan Goku 3, which I thought was the greatest <laughs> name ever. <laughs> it was oh, this little incredible. kid with, with his dog and his mom's like, oh, can you help us? Sure. How can I help you? Uh, I love your dog. What's his name? The little kid. His name is Goku Super Saiyan 3. And the mother's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's actually great. Oh, hello, Goku. But, no, Super Saiyan Goku. Super Saiyan three. Goku 3. A Boston Terrier. That's what makes it great. It can't be like a Rottweiler or a German Shepherd. It's a Boston Terrier. But yeah, so I used to be a groomer and uh, someone had a dog named Ganon, a golden retriever, a very nice breed. And of course, I'm like, hey, great name because, you know, haha, video game nerd. Yeah, great, great. <laughs> so I take this dog to the back to wash it. And we have a problem right away because it won't stop humping me. Like it jumps <laughs> like everything, every woman. And because we had a salon full of six women packed in there. And this dog just had to hump everything. And I have never seen anything like And to my to my dying days, I will never see anything like it again. Because I've worked with a lot of dogs, but never ones that would not stop humping for a second. Never ones that we had to like, I had to call up the owner and say, hi, your dog Ganon keeps humping everything. We can't groom it. What do you mean? <laughs> well... <laughs> The we can't control the Ganon. dog. <laughs> and we have we have worked with dogs that wanted to tear our faces off, but we cannot deal with this dog named Ganon, this golden retriever that won't stop humping everything. So that was a very angry customer. But what are you going to do? Your right head office and say, they kicked me out because my dog wouldn't stop humping the ladies? So, uh, yeah, R.I.P. Ganon, dog that humped everything. Wait, R.I.P.? I mean, did it die? I think he's okay. Well, then again, it was a long time ago. He he, he might have passed on by now. But RIP in terms of his records, because he was terminated from us. Like, he had a red on his, on his file. That... <laughs> from No, terminated. Like, the file was terminated. To the be file clear. was terminated, yeah. Fired okay. as a customer, quote unquote. So, yeah. Uh, F and did chat, you have to list a reason when you when you read it out, though? The customer we usually like, did pumps or something. Pumps everything, and we used <laughs> to kind of have fun with the description sometimes. So yeah, I'm pretty sure it probably says something like "humped everything." So the true triforce uh, of power. The triforce <laughs> of humping is more like it. So there you go. I think that goes right in the pit. I don't think there's any debate about this one. I'm, so, I'm sorry, you can't miss the story. It's the, it's the pit. <laughs> pit. Every every episode we have without cat, it just ends with us going like. So we're just going to tell Kat that the episode didn't happen this week, right? Just, no. <laughs> Lost the recording. It's the weirdest thing. Oops. <laughs> Aliens took it. Oh, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, looking ahead, we do have next week. Triangle Strategy will be officially released when we are Woo-hoo. recording this episode. So hopefully we'll be able to do some early impressions of that. We'll probably talk a little bit more about Elden Ring. And also, at some point, we're going to record a Pantheon about Final Fantasy Tactics and decide whether it will reach the Pantheon of truly great 
RPGs or whether it will be thrown cast down into pandemonium. Who can say? Uh, guess real quick before we bounce out, we'll start with Jesse. Where can the folks at home find you and support all the things you do? Hello. Uh, so the folks can find me. Oh, I dropped my amiibo. I have a piranha plant oh, amiibo no. that fell. Um, <laughs> we're just going chaotic. Uh, if it had been Ganon, I would have just died. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, you can find my my writing at primagames.com, Guides, reviews, uh, features, news. You know the the whole nine yards. You can find me on Twitter at Jesse Vitelli. Uh, if you found Mama Vitelli, you've come to the right place. That is that is I. Um, come for some video game news stay for the wild nonsense that is my twitter account it really varies very quickly with no real no real through line (laughs) much Um, like the nostalgia nook it it giveth and it taketh away (laughs) you'll have whiplash reading my twitter but uh, yeah that's that's it isla where can the folks at home find you Hang on, I'm following Mama Vitelli. Hey. <laughs> um, well, I can't. I spelled it wrong, so whatever. Uh, I am. I'm from Easy Allies. I mean, I'll do it later. I'm from Easy Allies. Um, you can check us out on like everything slash Easy Allies. Patreon is the best one. Um, I'm on Twitter at Isla Hink. I S L A H I N C K. Lots of hidden secret weird letters Ooh. in there. Um, yeah. Also, it took me way too long to realize that the live chat is called Stars of Destiny. So, of course, you guys like Sukoden. <laughs> there you are. They each get a number, too. They all are numbered like the Stars of Destiny. So they all have their own respective Star of Destiny. Oh, my God. Do you cap it at 108, though? Well, I mean, we haven't hit 108. So yeah, well, we there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'll burn we that bridge that. when you come to it. Yeah, exactly. we hit that. That's good problems. But yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you both so much for coming on and sharing all your thoughts and uh, Elden Ring takes and also dealing with our nonsense <laughs> in many ways. As always, uh, you will hear this this week. Stay tuned. You stars of Destiny, we will have the post show gone after this. But for the weekly episode, for Jesse, for Isla, for Nadia, for myself, and for Kat, still lost at sea, we will see you next week on Acts of the Blood God. Mm-hmm.